From the EBKV studios in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, you're listening to Brotherly Pod, the official podcast of BrotherlyPuck.com. Welcome, everybody, to the Angry and Negative Show. I am your host, Negative Dan. With me, as always, my partner in crime, Angry Jim. How you doing tonight, Jim? Uh, I'm a little angry, a little pissed off. That's good. That's the theme of the show. <laughs> We've had too many, episodes, ep- too many episodes lately that were uh, we referred to them as rainbows and lollipops. Well, that is not going to happen tonight. Yeah, the Flyers are 28, 25, and 7 over 60 games. They have 22 left. They are 13 points out of first place, 8 points out of third, and 6 points out of the second wildcard spot, I believe, currently held by Columbus. Their playoff odds have dipped to 3.4% after their loss to Tampa last night. Uh, their last three games, they beat Detroit twice, though... By the skin of their teeth both times, they collapsed in the game on, I believe it was Friday. Maybe it was Saturday. I don't have the schedule in front of me. Saturday, the first one, the OT. They won in overtime after blowing, I believe it was a four-goal lead in the third period. They then beat them 3-1 the following night. Um, Luckily, they beat them 3-1, though, again, it was not their best game overall. They then got slaughtered by Tampa Bay last night, 5-2. Hart was pulled after allowing three goals on nine shots in the first period. It has been, you know, the big piece for me during those Red Wings games were the fact that it was very obvious they were not playing well, but the Wings were a bad team, so they were able to capitalize. Then they faced a team who's just a freaking machine like Tampa is right now, and they got destroyed. Machine, that's a, a perfect name for that team because they do the same thing to, to everybody they face. Uh, so, I mean, they the Flyers kind of – it wasn't pretty, but they got the four points from Detroit like, like we hoped and expected, you know. Um, and then they run into Tampa Bay and – you know, the optimist in me is looking for all the reasons why they're not going to get killed. Uh, you know, I'm watching the Tampa Bay game the night before, and, uh, you know, they're dismantling Columbus, but they're, they're starting Vasilevsky. Uh, Hedman goes out with an injury. Um, so I'm like, okay, we're going to get Domingue, and, and Hedman's going to be out. Well, it turns out is like 18-4 and whatever in his last 22 games, and it's like, you know, doesn't it doesn't matter who their goalie is because they're just so dominant on offense. Um you know, they're not just one of the best teams in the NHL. They're one of the best teams in, in possibly history at this rate. So uh, to see the Flyers down 3 nothing early, I was disappointed. Um, I was, I think, m- more than the score, I was disappointed that they decided to start Carter Hart. Um, and I know you want to talk goalies, and, and this is going to get me really angry right off the bat here, Dan. <laughs> Good. Like, like, you call up Brian Elliott. First of all, you trade for Cam Talbot, and who the hell knows what's going on with his visa? You know, that kind of stuff happens. So that's one goal you have up. Then don't forget you have Mike McKenna, who's just been sitting around for uh, about a week or so, right? And then, you know, the, the day before or the day of, they decide they're going to call up Brian Elliott. So you're like, okay, well, there's no way that Carter Hart is going to play against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, it'll be his third game in four nights after having just faced Detroit, uh, where he faced 38 shots in both games for a total of 76 shots 
in, in two nights. Um, and now you want to feed them to the Tampa Bay Lightning? Like, what? Like, can we curse on this show? Like, Oh, yeah. What, Go for it. What the fuck are you thinking, <laughs> Scott Gordon? Like, like, come on, dude. Like, what are the chances you're going to take two points from Tampa Bay? And, and like... Like, okay, dude, like, this is when you need a coach to be a coach a little bit. And I've been pretty um, complimental or, or, or complimentary of Scott Gordon because I think overall he's done a, a pretty nice job. But Carter Hart's 20 years old. Like, you have to protect your star goalie a little bit. Um, I don't care if he tells you he wants to play every game. You know, he can be the biggest competitor there is. But he's still a little bit – as mature as he looks, he's still a kid. He's still immature. Of course he's going to say, yeah, put me in every night. He wants to stay here. I mean, what do you want him to say? No, I don't want to play. Like, dude, you need to be the frigging coach and decide, okay, I got to rest him tonight. You know, let me start the vet. You know what I mean? Um, so that right off the bat pissed me off. And then to see them down 3 nothing, I'm like, dude, like I know Carter Hart's a good kid. I know he's a tough kid, but – you give up three goals on nine shots to anybody, and it's it's going to suck. You know, and I'm not saying that they should baby the kid, but I'm pretty sure a lot of us, I mean, at least I could speak for myself, I saw that coming. I wasn't I wasn't shocked in the in the slightest bit to see them down 3 nothing in the first couple minutes, 10 minutes against that team. They're just on another level. No, nor was I. You know, I, I talked about this back when they first cart, uh, called Carter Hart up. He played like five straight games before the All-Star break, and everybody was like, oh, Daniel, don't worry about it. You know, and, and in a way, you don't have to. But, like, you play Detroit back-to-back. He starts both games after not playing very well the first night, especially. That should have been the dead giveaway that you maybe should have sat him. If they knew they wanted to play him against Tampa, which I don't think was a good idea anyway, you know, it, like, don't let him play back-to-back. And then you put him out there against Tampa, the best team in – Years and years and years and years we've seen in the NHL. You know, they're, there's no shame in losing to them because they're that good. But, like, you're putting your 20-year-old goaltender out there who struggled against Detroit out there behind this godforsaken Flyers defense, and he got lit up in the first period. Not surprising when the least. You know, the Flyers, I at least thought the Flyers would have a chance in that game, but Domingue, I believe, won his 11th straight game beating the Flyers. Braden Point was out after meeting a team meet, uh, missing a team meeting earlier in the day, and then Hedman was out with an injury. I'm like, Braden maybe they... Point play last night? No. Oh, my God. I didn't even realize that. No, yeah, Braden Point missed the game last night. It's like, they, if they, <laughs> if there was ever a chance they could have maybe snuck something out, they, they did, but they didn't. Their defense was awful. In that game, we'll get to the uh, trade here in a minute, but because it's, uh, well... Little smooth transition. Radko Gudis is suspended two games for trying to split the skull of Nikita Kucherov. Now, I did not watch the game last night. I was not home. And the only gifts I have seen were in slow motion. So I do not know how hard he actually hit him. But I must have watched that gif on replay for 500 times in a row by now. And (laughs) I don't know how hard the hit was, but goddamn was it stupid. What the hell was he doing? I don't know. I, I think I may have missed it live. I saw the replay right after, but like, there's no way he could have intentionally done that, right? Like, knowing his track record, like, is he that dumb that he would do that? I just, I, I, it's just, I, I've watched it. They're not, they don't have the puck. Neither he nor Kutrov have the puck. They're both skating away from the play. 
Kucherov does have his stick out to the side, so I'm thinking, okay, maybe Gudis is gonna slash his stick, but then he just, he, Gudis brings his stick up, he looks at the stick, then looks at the back of Kucherov's head, he goes, BONK! And then that's the end of that. What the hell was he doing? I don't know, man. I really don't know. Like, oh, I kept God. trying to look at it and give him some kind of benefit. I'm like, Radko, like, what are you, <laughs> what are you trying to do there, man? Like, this is not gonna be good. And it's, a, you know, I kind of feel bad for him because he's gonna miss the game Saturday. He's got the two-game suspension. He's going to miss the outside game, so that, that's a bummer. But, you know, at least we're going to get to see uh, Phil Myers for a couple games here at least. Yeah, I was surprised it was only two games. You know, given it was good, as I thought for sure he would get like eight or ten just because oh, yeah. of his history. But, you know, given the fact that Malkin tried to decapitate Michael Raffle just a, you know, a week and a half ago and got one game and he was uh, a non-offender, non-repeat offender, so Gouda's got two. So at least in that way, they're keeping it semi, you know, consistent in their calling. So I can't get too angry about the suspension itself. Gudis is an idiot. That was a dumb play. See you in a couple weeks, Gudis. Um, Let's talk the trade that had my blood boiling for days now. Anthony Stolarz traded to the Edmonton Oilers straight up for Cam Talbot. Yeah, that was kind of another, like, like what the hell, man? Like, I'm just, I'm laying there, uh, what was it, uh, a Saturday night or a Friday night? It was Friday night, early Saturday morning, yeah. I'm laying there watching, like, some, some crap on TV, and I start getting updates. I'm like, what? They just, I mean, I knew, uh, I knew a trade was coming. Uh, from what I was told, they were, they were just kind of ironing out details. Uh, I think Edmonton was trying to get the Flyers to take on uh, a dead contract. Um, and I think the Flyers, uh, they wanted some compensation for that or something. But uh, so anyway, it ended up, it ends up being just one for one. They took out all the extra stuff and I don't really understand it. Like I, I get the deal. I understand the deal. So don't get me wrong. Like they match up Carter Hart with Cam Talbot. I know they they worked out in the summer and all that. Like, that's great. That's cool. That's, that's a benefit. That's the only benefit really. Um, but to basically do Edmonton a favor and take $4 million off of their cap for, I know it's only one year, but you're still doing them the favor, get something for that. Like, it's not a one-for-one swap. Stolarz was a second-round pick. You know, he's been playing. I'm not, Anthony Stolarz is not ever going to be a starter here. He might not ever be a starter somewhere else. But, dude, you missed out on getting some extra stuff in that deal for sure. And that's why I'm a little pissed off about that. And I, you know, whatever. I mean, whatever, dude. And, and, and I think that's my problem as well. I was a bigger Anthony Stollers fan than most people were. But at the same time, they're both backup goaltenders. You know, Carter Hart's the guy. Neither one of them are going to be a starter here. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, who's going to sit on the bench for Carter Hart next season. So at the end of the day, it's kind of like, whatever. I, I, I'm going to miss Stollers, but Talbot is fine. But at the end of the day, you're absolutely right. It was the, it was the trade... It was the semantics of the trade. You're going to yeah. take on a guy who's seven years older, who hasn't had a good season in like two years now, who's making well over $3 million more than Stolarz is. And again, the contract, both their contracts are up at the end of the year, so it doesn't matter. But like, I just, I don't get it. You didn't get a pick or anything. And now listen, I'm the first guy to say that it's time to stop drafting players. we got to start winning now. But like, if you're doing a team who's still in the playoff hunt, I believe they have a better chance than the Flyers do right now to make the playoffs. Like, you're taking 
$3 million in cap off their space. They made a trade later in the day, I believe it was Ryan Spooner for Sam Gagne, that saved them another $900,000. Like, you did them a huge favor to make their team better while you're eating a seven-year-older player. It's just, I don't get it. Yeah, you know what else? Uh, Anthony Stolarz, if he plays a certain percentage or a certain number of games for them, doesn't he he becomes a restricted free agent in the offseason? I believe he needs to, I don't have the numbers in front of me, I believe it's like he needs 10 games and he needs to please 30 minutes in those 10 games or something to okay. to be restricted for each and at the end of the season. Otherwise, he's unrestricted. But right. yeah. and, 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 I mean, let's just say that does happen. He becomes a restricted free agent. If, if another team wants to sign him, they, they, the Oilers get a pick for that or something, right? Uh, right? Yeah, some unless it's under a certain dollar amount, but I'm pretty sure Stollers is going to clear. I don't have any of that stuff up in front of me. But, yeah, it would need to be... Under a certain dollar amount, it would be free, but I believe um, if it's like over three million or something, it would need to be like a third round pick. I don't have yeah, a compensation list in front of me, but the whole, the whole trade was just like, dude. I mean, you could have got more there, and he didn't have to make unless like unless there was another team that was ready to trade for Talbot because I, I saw reports. I think uh, Carolina, and there was one other team, but like, dude, you could just get him in the off season, you know. And that was the other thing. It's like, why, why? Yeah. It's it's not like he has you know a great contract that's last in front of their five years that you had to get him right now. Like right. if he really wanted to come play with Carter Hart, do it in the off season. Build up some kind of value for Stolars and trade his rights at the freaking draft or something. Yeah. yeah. I, don't know. I mean, you know, people are out there saying, oh, well, you know, you're upset because they didn't get a fourth round pick or a fifth round pick. I mean, I'm not upset because I wanted them to use that fourth or fifth round pick, but there was a you saw the deal today, and I don't know if you had this on for for later, but uh, Charlie Coyle for for Donato and a fifth round pick, like yep. it's a friggin' sweetener pick, dude. Yep. That's why I wanted assets to sweeten deals. I don't, I'm not trading to use the fifth round pick, exactly, or to to sweeten another deal. And and I think that's gonna be it sets a bad precedence for me because. Realistically, this is something we're going to see quite a bit over the next three, four, five years with the Flyers. They have so many goddamn middle-of-the-road prospects, and there's not going to be room for all of them. And ideally, you're going to trade some of them. And now you have this thing where you're going to trade the 25-year-old Anthony Stolarz for some expensive backup. You know, what are you going to do in, you know, four years when freaking Linus Hodgeberg comes in and they have to get rid of him because they don't have enough space for him. Are you just going to get rid of him too because he's nothing? You know, it's just, I don't know. <sighs> for those wondering, Cam Talbot has played 31 games this season. He has 10 wins. He has a 336 GAA and an 893 save percentage with one shutout. Career numbers are a little better. However, they are heavily skewed because of his first two seasons in New York where he was averaging well over a 930 save percentage. Uh, he played uh, around 60 games in New York, which average uh, everything is... Career numbers are a 259 goals against average with a 915 save percentage. Again, he's going to play behind Hart. Hart's the guy. It doesn't really matter, but like... I don't know. This is... It was something that I just feel like they could have done better you felt like they lost the trade it does it feels like a lost trade like it, it wasn't i know they were trying to play the spin-off or whatever like oh it was a one for one we got what we wanted they got what they wanted but we lost the flyers lost that trade pretty badly and this you is know? actually something that you know 
Usually, for the most part, when something happens, Flyers Twitter's probably 70-30 in agreement with it. A vast majority of people tend to agree with the move. This one really kind of split people down the middle, I think based more on their personal opinions of Anthony Stolarz versus the trade itself, but like... I don't know. I just, I don't get it. And the main excuse I heard was, well, Daniel, Edmonton is bad. That's why his numbers are so bad this season. But it's like, bitch, are you kidding me? Have you seen the Flyers this year? How many goaltenders not named Carter Hart have been torn apart already? What are we at, six or seven? Like, goddamn. It's not like he's coming to a defensive paradise here. He's going to be put under fire just as much, maybe not quite as much, because the Flyers may be marginally better. But at the end of the day, it's not like he's stepping into some kind of freaking paradise here. No, not at all. Yeah. Have to agree with you. Ugh. Well, in other goaltender news, Brian Elliott was recalled huh. yesterday morning. He ended up playing against Tampa because Carter Hart got pulled, which, again, sparked the Anthony Stolarz conversation because a lot of people go, oh, well, Elliott's better than Stolarz. No, I fuck <laughs> off. I can't deal with this anymore. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Like, who who even wants to argue that? Like, like yeah, like find something else to talk about, man. Stolarz or Elliot? Like, Stolarz is not on the team anymore. Elliot's not going to be here. Bottom line, like as far as goalies, flyer goalies, like Carter Hart's the future. Everything out, like they they uh, waved McKenna today. Like, it's such a shitty argument, Elliot or Stolarz. They both. I mean, like Stolarz was fun while he was here, right? Yes, yes, and he was a good story. Like he, you know, he came back. Uh, he overcame injuries. He, he's the epitome of a Philadelphia, uh, you know, uh, athlete. Like he's a, he's an underdog, and he was fun to root for. He was fun to watch succeed for the short time uh, that he did this year. But he moved on to a possibly a better opportunity, and it is what it is. I hate that argument, Elliot or Stolarz. Like, come on, guys. I just I don't get it. Statistically speaking, Brian Elliott. Uh, played 15 games this year. He's a 251 GAA and a 914 save percentage. When the hell was the last time Brian Elliott even played a game? I don't know. I, I hate that he was even playing last Let's night. Let's see. He Carter Hart's been up since the beginning of January. Stolarz played all of December. McKenna and Neuwirth got starts in there somewhere. Let me look this up. Brian Elliott, game log. When was the last time he played a game? I'll tell you what, they should have traded his ass after last night because he, he didn't look terrible and he didn't get hurt. So, ship his ass out. I haven't, I haven't seen any. I haven't seen much rumors for him either. That's the sad part. November 15th was the last game he played. Okay. So oh, that's a couple God. months. It's before Thanksgiving. Wow, it's been that long. It doesn't seem like that long. Jesus, God. Yeah, he had a 9.57 save percentage last night on 23 shots. He allowed one goal. Yeah, he didn't look terrible, but I don't want to see him out there again. I didn't really. I, you're right. I haven't really heard any rumors. I I heard the original rumor was going to be Elliot for Talbot, and in that case, I would have been fucking thrilled. But that's right. not what happened. Yeah. So I don't know. This is just. I just. I don't know. This goal. This whole goaltending situation is so frustrating, and it has been all year. But it's like now that there's twenty twenty two games left, there is no hope of the playoffs. You know, I just. I don't get it. I just, I don't know. I mean, there's 3% chance of hope for playoffs. 3.4% chance. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at, like, what St. Louis is doing. And I know the West is a little bit more uh, jumbled up as far as, you know, teams vying for the playoffs. But uh, 
they were last place, I think, on January 13th, and, and now they're in the third place in the Central. So as much as much as I would love to say, yeah, the Flyers are cooked, you know, who knows? I'll, I'll, I'll keep a little bit of hope. I, I can never fully say that they're out of it. I just can't do it. The Blues... The Blues are playing now like I expected them to do most of the season. I expected them, looking at their roster, especially their forwards, like, they should be a solid team, and for months they just floundered and floundered and floundered, and I couldn't figure out why, but now they're tearing it up. Their offense is tearing it up, and it's like, well, there you go. Now they're starting to play. They're third in the Central Division at the moment. Um, Well, let's talk about 3.4% chance of the playoffs. Their next couple games... They play the Canadiens tomorrow. They play Pittsburgh in the outdoor game on Saturday. They then play the Sabres, Blue Jackets, Devils, Islanders, Capitals. <sighs> this is not going to be an easy stretch here. I mean, they <laughs> we've been talking about it for seemingly weeks now, but they need to go essentially undefeated to even have a shot at this point. Um, I believe there are only three teams that are officially out of the playoff hunt at this point. And it's N- New Jersey... Uh, Ottawa and Detroit, I believe, are the three. But Flyers still clinging on, but it is not going to be an easy week. They have the Canadians, who I believe are in playoff positioning. I believe they hold the first wildcard spot. you got Pittsburgh, who is in third place in the Metro at the moment. And the Sabres, though, are falling out of the playoff race themselves, are still in it a little bit. They are tied with the Flyers with 63 points. Going to be an interesting upcoming week here. Absolutely. I mean, I'm looking at the schedule now just... You know, just this, the rest of February, they got, like you said, they had Montreal, Pittsburgh, Buffalo, Columbus, and oh, all teams they're chasing, by the way. You know, I think, uh, I haven't looked at the standings today, and I can't remember who played last night, but I think Montreal, Pittsburgh, and Columbus all have 69 points, or, or Pittsburgh may have 71 now, actually. Montreal and Pittsburgh have 71, and Columbus has 69. Okay, so I mean... Uh, without looking to see if Pittsburgh plays between now and Saturday, um, the Flyers have a chance to make up ground on Montreal-Pittsburgh right away. They have a chance, I, I would assume, by next Tuesday to pass Buffalo. Uh, and then, I mean, they have Columbus. And Columbus, I think they were just on a, a little winning streak, four or five games. They got their asses handed to them like everybody else against Tampa. Um, and I think that'll be after the trade deadline. So who who knows if they'll still have Panarin and and even Bobrovsky on the team, that that could be a win. They haven't, uh, I mean, their work's cut out for them. You know, they put themselves in the position to, to make some kind of a run, and this is where it needs to be done. This is where the hard work really needs to be put in. Uh, I'm going to just say, just looking at this schedule here, I, I think they win all these games except for Saturday night, sorry to say. I think the just, Penguins do play tomorrow against San Jose. Okay, yeah, so Saturday night's shaping up to be a monster game. Flyers usually do pretty well up in Montreal, um, so I'm going to say they, they do win tomorrow night. Uh, let me see here. I think they just beat them recently. Um, yeah, so they beat them recently in the beginning of their, their win streak here, their 12-2-1 run. You know, Mont- it's going to be a good game. I think they come away with the win. Uh, however, I think they lose to Pittsburgh Saturday night and then you know, I think ultimately in the end, when all is said and done, um, the losses to Pitt are, are going to bite them in the ass. I think that's why they missed the playoffs in the end. Yeah, I, I would agree with that as well. I, I don't think they're going to beat Pittsburgh. Um, if anything, they should come out more driven because of, you know, the way they got 
screwed over last game, but they typically have not played well against the Penguins lately. You know, they're, they're usually not very good against uh, Columbus either. It's kind of been 50-50 lately. So I think, they, I think they're going to beat Montreal, probably lose to the Penguins. Sabres, I think they've been pretty good against the Sabres lately. Yep. So um, that should be a win. Who knows against Columbus? The Devils feels like a trap game if there ever was one. It's perfect word for that fucking team too. <laughs> <laughs> so you know these upcoming games are going to be interesting but we mentioned his name earlier upcoming games we're going to see him in at least two hopefully phil myers uh he's been up for what a week and a half two weeks now he played uh i believe in the first detroit game uh, or the second one second. of the two games in detroit second game definitely played against detroit yes one of the two <laughs> they, i'm putting back-to-back games against the same team you fuck if i remember what's going on um Yes, he played a second game against Detroit. Came in, looked good, didn't get a whole lot of ice time, but looked good, and then, of course, gets scratched versus Tampa while Andrew McDonald is still on this fucking team. (sighs) Hopefully, he can come in and looks good in his next two games and, you know, give Gordon a reason to play him. Yeah, that'd be nice. I think he uh, had just about nine minutes against uh, Detroit, and... You know what? He held his own. He looked like he belonged out there. I know it was against Detroit, but, you know, I, I saw confidence right away. Um, he didn't look out of place. And, and that's what I look for when I, when I see a new guy in his first couple games, you know. Um, how long does it take him to get rid of the jitters? Uh, how long does it take him to really get his feet moving? Um, and he looked good to me right away. You know, I didn't really see too much. Uh, I don't know. What's the word you want to use? Uh, I guess rust because it was a week since he played. But, yeah, he, he came right in, and he, he looked like Phil Myers. He played just short of 10 minutes in that game. He looked good. The fact that he's not playing already consistently kind of bothers me. And it's a huge check mark against Gordon, in my opinion. You know, I've been relatively neutral to Scott Gordon up to this point. You know, I think he does some things well, and he does some things that really drive me nuts. But the whole point... You know, the whole thing, I I wrote an article that I never ended up actually releasing, but it was Scott Gordon, familiarity, the key to success. Because he's supposed to be, you know, known by these guys. He's supposed to be this beacon of hope for these kids that he worked with very closely in Lehigh Valley. And he did well with Sanheim. He's done well with a couple other players, but Myers is just, he's not really given him anything and i'm not sure why but it's one of those things that like you know it it really is a big check against him in my book as to you know why you should move on from him in the summer yeah you know i can understand that i I agree a little bit there um i don't really know why what more do you have to see from andy mcdonald like he was terrible last night i mean i know like you can give him a pass all you want because it was the lightning but like, who who scored that goal on him? Was it Paquette or Kalorn? Somebody like that just out-muscled him. Meanwhile, Andy McDonald doing 360s, you know what I mean? Um, put Phil Myers, Myers out there. There's I would guarantee right now that there's no way that Kalorn would have scored that goal against Phil Myers. I mean, he's just bigger than Andy McDonald. He's bigger, stronger. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. It's got to be a slight to Scott Gordon. Like, what's holding you back now? Why, and even why? when Myers was in, he was in the 7D man rotation because they couldn't fucking scratch Andrew McDonald. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't really understand. 
I'm not sure like what what he's got on. Uh, he's got something on somebody. That's for sure. He's this is the third coach he's played for here that loves him. <laughs> he survived Craig Berube. He survived Dave Haxtell, and now he's fucking surviving Scott Gordon. This guy oh, is like God. a human cockroach. <laughs> He'll be here to the end of fucking time. Oh my God! Don't say that. Ugh. He has one more season left. Yeah, I think we're all crossing our fingers that he gets bought out over summer. But considering that he's still seeing ice time, still seeing copious amounts of ice time, certainly doesn't bode well for the hope and a prayer of him being bought out. I mean, that's one plus of the the. Not that I'm I'm happy that Gudis is getting suspended because he's he actually has played really well this year. But you know, a positive is you know we get to see Phil Myers and maybe when Gudis comes back, you know, a light bulb will go off in Gordon's mind. Oh. We don't need Andy McDonald anymore because we have Phil Myers. McDonald is still playing over 16 minutes a night. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, let's talk about another defenseman. Shane Gostisbear. Ah, you you start with Shane. (laughs) He is a guy, we talked about this at length on the OMB podcast this week, but... The writing is kind of on the wall for him. I think that the signs are there that he may end up getting dealt. His minutes are being decreased. He's being taken off the power play. His numbers recently have been good. He has a goal and 10 assists uh, in his last 12 games. It's his first goal since the end of December. You know, but the fact that he is being taken away from the power play, granted he has not been well on there this year, but like that's the one thing that in theory he can do right is score. You're removing him from a situation that would set him up to succeed. I personally, I still don't think he's going to get traded, but there's certainly early signs that, you know, maybe this guy doesn't have too much longer to live in Philadelphia. Yeah, you know, there was a topic on the radio a couple weeks ago, and they were talking about Philly guys, you know, and I know Shane Gossespierre is a talented hockey player. He's a good offensive player. I I can't even really call him a defenseman, you know, um, just because he really doesn't play defense. (laughs) Um, But he's not... For me, he's not somebody that's really easy to root for when he's not playing well. Um, because he's not really, uh, I just, uh, how can I say this? He just comes off as kind of, uh, you know, not not a leader. He's He just seems weak. There's something about him that just screams, I'm a bitch. You know what I mean? When I think of Shane Doss' fair, like... <laughs> I don't know what it is. Maybe it's his face. I don't know. But like if, if he does have a very punchable face, like if he ever wanted, like if I just don't know, man. So I want him to succeed because I, you know, we, we love the flyers, want the flyers to win. But if he's ever traded, I'm not going to be sad for Shane Goss to spare. And I get why people love him. Cause he, he does have a monster shot and he, he was playing well there for a, a couple game stretch. Um, uh, I think he had a couple of power play points, I want to say, against Minnesota and in the first game against Detroit. He was actually getting this is and this is the key here. Because he, he shoots a lot, but he has to get the puck to the net. Like and he did that in those two games and, and guys like JVR and Simmons are, are just waiting there to feast on that kind of stuff. And he, he got it through and JVR 
got a couple goals. I think it was his first goal or, or two goals in, in like 10 games or something like that. Like, Ghost has to get the puck to the net and, and not turn the puck over. If he focuses on those two things, that's all I ask, you know? I mean, he's the guy that – he's a prime example of a guy that does one thing very, very well and is relatively useless otherwise. You know, if he's not scoring the goals or making the pretty passes to set up the plays, he's not worth it. You know, he had 221 shots last year. He's only got 140 right now. Um, I, I don't know what happens to him in the future. I, I don't think he's going to get traded anytime soon. But, you know, we and this is something. If you want to, if you guys want to hear the full rant, go listen to the Ombi podcast this week because we talked about this for like 20 minutes. But, um, it's just, it's a situation that I don't know really what to make of the kid. I, I think being tasked as a defenseman just isn't his thing. He's very weak defensively. And until you can bring in a guy, and we talked about this last week as well on this show as well, you know, kind of finding the right partners for these guys, these defensemen, to make them better, Ghost needs a top shut down stay at home defenseman if he ever wants to really thrive and at this point the flyers don't have that and don't seem like there's any real available options for that you know i would love to see him and sam moran paired together but you know other than that there's not a lot of uh not a lot of uh hope here i think for goss to spare moving forward no and, and you mentioned you know bringing in a uh a, a top stay at home kind of guy I mean, everybody, uh, for the most part, I think, wants to pair Phil Myers with Ivan Provorov. Um, so that leaves Travis Sanheim to be paired with who? Uh, you got? I guess you got Robert Haig still. Uh, Gudis is going to be around for another year. And Andrew McDonald clearly isn't fucking going anywhere. Right. So, I mean, where does where does Gossip Bear play on your third line? You, you know? And um, I, I don't know, man. Like, he... He can bring back a lot in a trade, uh, and, and the Flyers aren't a perfect team. Like they still have holes, and I think moving. Not, and I'm not. Don't get me wrong here, because I know people like to get all you know their panties in a twist and blah blah blah. I'm not saying I want them to trade Ghost. I'm just saying what he is bringing to this team is replaceable. You know, they're they're not winning games because of Gossespierre. Um, if anything, they're losing games because of the dumb shit that he does. Um, so, I mean, when you look at the Flyers' defensive corps, and I'm talking about guys like Provorov again, Phil Myers, Travis Sanheim, those are guys that are they are the future of this corps. And if you're keeping Ghost around because of his contract, it's, an, it's a good contract for a third-line, second-line guy, dude, trade him and get – because this contract makes him that much more valuable yes. to another team. So fill in another hole, get your stay-at-home defenseman, pair him up with Sanheim, whoever the hell you want. Gossip Spare is not going to win you a cup. I got news for you. And if he ever scores 65 points again, I'll give you 100 bucks. <laughs> See, and I think that's the thing. Gossip Spare's offensive production is good now, but if Myers and Sanheim develop into the players that they look like they're developing into, which are very solid two-way guys, that offense is going to be covered up immediately. And assumingly, Provorov, you know, finds his stride again. He's accountable for quite a few points a year. You know, I, I, I think that 
he's just kind of the odd man out because he doesn't have the complete game that Myers and Sanheim do. Absolutely right. Correct. Yeah. Well, let's talk about a little better player lately. Sean Couturier has been tearing it up. He has one goal and seven assists in his last four games. He has 27 points since January 8th. He had 29 points in his first 40 games of the season before that. He has refound his stride. He's playing much better. Granted, you know, he's still on the, you know, pairing, uh, being paired up again with Giroux helps. Um, and I think this guy is finally finding the game that we all know from last season. Yeah, and I think this goes to the, you know, the beginning of the season. I think it proves that he was definitely hurt. You know, he was definitely coming off an injury and he started out really slow. Um, he's he's almost at a point per game. I mean, he's made up a lot of ground after a slow start. He's got uh, seven goals. Uh, I'm sorry, a goal, I wish seven goals. A goal, seven assists in his last four games. That's outstanding production from your first-line center. Um, five goals, ten assists in, in just February alone. Uh, I mean, that's a top-line center right there. What's he got, 56 points in 58 games, something like that? Yes. Um, and, and he doesn't, when he plays, he, he doesn't stand out. So he gets overlooked a lot. Um, I love that he can play the defensive game. He does it all, you know. And, and it, you know, it seems like that's kind of the way uh, Hextall kind of drafted players. I don't think he drafted Coots. Is no. that correct? So, but he's drafting a lot of two-way guys, or he did draft a lot of two-way guys. You mentioned Sandheim, uh, Provorov, Myers, guys like that. Um, I love Coots' game. He doesn't get enough credit because he's not the flashy guy, but he, he's putting up points at, a, at a, the rate you want, your, your top-line guy. I mean, this is already a second-best season of his career. Obviously, last year he had 76 points. This is 56. This is by far his second-best season. His career high before this was 39. He had 24 goals, which, again, by far his second-best season. Uh, last season he had 31. So I don't think he's going to hit that before the end of the year, but... He definitely rebounded very nicely after a slow start to the season. But again, you can say that for a majority of the roster because for the first, you know, three, four months of the season, the whole, whole freaking roster looked bad, you know? And there are some other players, Lindblom, Patrick, and TK, uh, over the last few games have looked good as well. Lindblom, three goals and one assist in his last three. Patrick had a goal and two assists versus one of the games in Detroit, and Konechny has three goals in his last three games as well. Those are three guys that, thank God we're seeing them improve a little bit because those are the three guys that are supposed to be, you know, the front runners to carry this team into the future. And for the most part have been relatively disappointing this year. Lindblom was in Haxtell's doghouse for quite some time until he got canned. And then he was another player that uh, benefited at least early on from uh, uh, Scott Gordon. You know, he's kind of evened out a little bit. Patrick has gotten much better over, as the season has progressed as well. Much like last year, he came out of the gate slow, but by the time the season ended, he looked good. Konechny, you know, I've never thought too highly of Travis Konechny for one reason or another, but, you know, because he just seems like a guy out there that's put in a first-line position and can kind of capitalize. I think he needs to be more of a play driver in the future and kind of create chances on his own rather than, you know, uh, re uh, rely on Giroux and Couturier to kind of carry him. But... Overall, I think those three guys moving forward is certainly a good sign to come for the team. Yeah, and they need guys like them to step up. Um, every team needs, uh, I guess, complementary guys, and it seems like the Flyers are just full of complementary guys, by yes. the way. I'm looking at the roster now. Like, 
They need some friggin' studs, but you know that's for another show. Um, I'm looking at their their goal scorers here, and they got one, two, three, four, five. Uh, they got seven, eight guys in double digit goals. Scott Lawton with eight, Gosses Bear Proveral both with six. So I mean, they have some scoring depth. They just need more. They need more goals from the depth. Uh, I'm looking at Claude Giroux, 17 goals, 44 assists. Like everybody's basically benefiting from from G. You know, uh, Konechny's got. Believe it or not, Konechny's second on the team in goals with 18. Um, you know, if we're looking at really, well, yeah, <laughs> that's insane. Yeah, so I mean, but but after Couturier's got 24, and then the next guy's got 18, and you know nobody else is really close to 20 oh. goals after that. Um, I mean, damn, you're right. Yeah, I'm looking at points here. It goes Giroud, Couturier, Voracek, 61, wow. 650, and then it's just a drop. Like wow, there's no scoring there. Um, hmm. I don't know what it is. Maybe they need some. They they need more skill down the middle, and and Nolan Patrick stepping up will, will be huge. Um, he just needs to continue his play, and you know who knows, who knows. Or maybe it'll make the playoffs. Yeah, I I think you mentioned it earlier on. The you know they need guys. I think we talked about this last week as well a little bit, but they need more guys that can drive the play. They need guys that can kind of create chances on their own. Right now they have you know, Giroux and, and to an extent Couturier, but it's like, other than that, these guys are just kind of out there doing their thing, doing a whole lot of nothing. You know, guys like, you know, Van Riemsdyk and Simmons and, you know, Lindblom and Patrick, you know, these are guys that are very, in a sense, one-dimensional players. And they just need guys that can go out there and carry the team, carry the offense, and can kind of excel in all situations. And I think that that it needs to be something that I think they're relying on, you know, guys like Morgan Frost to come in and Joel Farabee to come in and, and, you know, kind of fill that role. But overall, it's like, you know, the one thing Hextall did more often than not is draft a whole lot of these two-way guys. You know, guys like Jay O'Brien uh, have been considered good two-way guys. And it's like, that's nice and all, but they really kind of need that stud to come in here and be the final piece to really push this offense to the next level. Yeah, and, and that's exactly what we're seeing. You know, 61 points, 56 points, 50, and then drops all the way down to 36. And, you know, Konechny plays with Giroux. So imagine him him playing the entire year on another line. I mean, would he have 36 points? I don't know. 18 goals, I'm not, you know, probably not. You know, one of the one of the players I really wanted Hextall to go after in the summer was Ryan O'Reilly, uh, to you know really shore up the you know second third line center role, and he has been a key reason that the Blues have turned it around. He has twenty three goals and sixty one points in fifty nine games. Uh, he has been absolutely dominant lately, and it's kind of like you know when he's when the team is going, he's really going well as well. And it would be one of those things that like, damn, you know what he could provide for this team as you know a good offensive guy but he's also very good you know defensively and I just think that they need more they need more guys that can handle two-way roles and be very productive doing that because they just don't have it they have Sean Couturier and Giroux those are the only two guys that can be trusted doing everything all the time uh yeah I 100% agree I'm looking at time on ice here uh after Ivan Provorov uh with 25 minutes it goes Sean Couturier, uh, just about 22 minutes a night, and Claude Giroux at 21 minutes. Um, yeah, they need help. Um, I mean, Coots, you know, imagine if you had a guy like – can I just say this real quick before I make that point? 
I advocated. I just threw a trade out there, and you know, a couple weeks ago when the Blues sucked and the Flyers sucked, it was something like uh, I think it was Ghost and Voracek for Pareko and Ryan O'Reilly. Can I just tell you, I took so much shit just for oh, yeah. trade scenario out there. Like, well, see, that was first of all, that was your mistake. You don't put trade scenarios on Twitter. You are going to get eaten alive. <laughs> Dude, but like Ryan O'Reilly's a good player, and he's proving it now. Uh, you know, I I got a lot of oh, he's bad in the locker room, blah blah blah. Okay, well, what about now? What the Blues are in the playoffs. Shane Gossespierre still has six goals, uh, minus eighteen, whatever, playing twenty minutes a night. Uh, you know, Jake Voracek. Like, are you kidding me, dude? You're gonna like. Colton Pareko, like, come on here. So, I would have loved to have Ryan O'Reilly as a second or third. I mean, he would have obviously, I think, been second center. Would have pushed Nolan Patrick down to third line center, took some pressure off him to perform, let him develop whatever the hell he's got to do. Um, I love Ryan O'Reilly's game. He's he's good at. I mean, he would fit right in. He wins faceoffs. He's plays offense, plays defense. What more do you want? Like it, dude. If you have a good locker room, one bad apple is not going to kill that locker room. Well, the Flyers, you see, they have Andrew McDonald, who's the best leader of all time ever. So they should be just fine in the locker room anyway. Yeah, let's not break up that. (laughs) Yeah, one of the trades, I wrote an article a while back, the craziest trade scenarios for the Flyers that could actually happen. And number one on the list was Tarasenko and Petrangelo for Voracek, Gostaspair in a second. And people uh, tore that one apart, but... You yeah, know, just, they see ghosts going anywhere. They're like, "Oh, you're, you're no, good. no, ghost is here. <laughs> He's here forever. He's on a good contract." Yeah, sixty-five points. Like <laughs> oh, okay, I thought we were still trying to win the Stanley Cup. Mm, well, three point four percent chance. Yeah. Let's talk about the greatest thing that has happened in months and months and months. Samuel Moran, the greatest defenseman of all time was sent down to the Phantoms on a rehab stint. He played, I believe it was Friday night, uh, played a whole bunch of minutes. I don't have the TOI in front of me, but played a whole bunch of minutes. They say that, you know, he was obviously exhausted after the game. He did get a little cramped toward the end. Uh, He did not play in a game since. They do expect him to play uh, against Charlotte this coming week. Good to see him back. Makes me very happy. I can really live my gimmick now. Um, Finally. You know, again, I think the way Myers has struggled to kind of enter the lineup, it does not paint a good picture for Moran. But hopefully he can come in and play at least a couple games towards the end of the season and be ready again in October when hopefully they get rid of Gudis Hag and McDonald. Yeah, I don't see why not. I mean, let's go. The kid's been around long enough. He's been through too much shit. Let him play in the NHL. 23 years old. Uh, by the start of next year, he'll be 24. I mean, there's no reason to hold back now. He did all this work to get back to where he is. Get him in, get him in some games. Give him a shot. Right. Hashtag give Sam Moran a shot. Going to make that a thing right now. There you go. Hashtag give Sam. Whoops. Fucking everything up on air. Hello, everybody. Uh, what can we talk about? Mike McKenna put on waivers today. Not super surprising. For some reason, they've been holding on to this fucker for, like, three weeks, longer than they should have. Um, They were apparently afraid Vancouver was going to reclaim him. I have no idea why, given that Anthony Stolarz was here. Obviously, they do not like Alex Lyon, which is fine, because I don't like Alex Lyon either. Well, some people do. Fuck those people. 
<laughs> but yeah, McKenna sent on waivers will probably clear. Vancouver did pick up Merrick Mazanik from the Rangers in the meantime, but you know, I, I'm not overly sad that McCann or uh, McKenna's going anywhere. Nah, I honestly could care less. You know, he came in for one game. I, I can't even remember who. He got his ass lit up, and you know, see you later. Yeah, you know, it's whatever. Give Sam Moran a chance. <laughs> Hey, if anything, he added it to the record because once once Talbot starts, we, we have a new goalie record. Yes, a new goalie. That'll be eighth. Couldn't, couldn't have done it without you, McKenna. Eighth goalie. I actually wrote an article. One of the top fives I wrote around Christmas time was the top five oddest goalie records, and one of them on there was the Flyers. Or, well, not the Flyers. At the time, it wasn't the Flyers. It will be the Flyers in the upcoming week here. But most goalies used in a single season was a three-way tie between the 1989-90 Nordics, 2002-2003 St. Louis Blues, and the 07-08 Kings, who all used seven Flyers. Assumingly, Cam Talbot will play at least one game the rest of the season. He did arrive in Philadelphia today. So, um, given that Hart did not play very well, um, or got pulled at least during Tampa. I would assume he starts maybe against Montreal. Um, if not, I would assume Hart starts the stadium series game on Saturday. So he may not start till early next week if he does not play against Montreal. Maybe Elliot starts against Montreal. Who knows? But you know, I um, it's going to be uh, an interesting, interesting uh, little uh, week here. I don't know if Talbot, you know. There have been a lot of guys, and we talked about this earlier when the trade happened, but, like, there were a lot of people that were excited Cam Talbot was here, and I can't figure out why I think he's going to be just your average kind of guy, to say the yeah. least. Yeah, he's not going to do anything exciting. Uh, the only reason that I'm happy that he's here, if you can even call it happy, is to help out Carter Hart. I don't I don't want to watch Cam Talbot. Nope. You know what I, you know what I mean? Like, if, if Carter Hart can benefit... From from Cam Talbot being here, then awesome. That's my number one concern. I don't give a shit about Cam Talbot. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's why I was annoyed about that trade. Yeah. So, yep. uh, yeah. Well, last week, we were talking about record. And we were talking about Carter Hart. He tied Jocelyn Tebow for the youngest goaltender uh, under 21, win streak under 21 with eight games. That led you to say that you liked the name Jocelyn Tebow. And you said, sometime we have to sit down and list our favorite hockey names. And I said, God damn, that's a good idea. Let's do it this week. So, you want to start? What is your list of favorite names in hockey history? So, I'll just I'll start with one of my, my favorite flyers. And, you know, we'll, we'll warm up with Yanni Ninema. There you go. That's that's one of my favorite hockey names, only because what other sport are you ever going to see a Yanni Ninema? You're not going to see that in baseball. You're not going to see that in football ever. Maybe like a pizza place or something. Yeah, man. <laughs> Yanni Ninema. So, yeah, that, he's one of my favorites. Who do you got? Branko Radovojevic. Oh, my God. I, he was one of my favorite players. While Another he was farmer flyer, yeah. Yeah, he was a good player. He's a Hard guy player. I have such fond memories of, and he only played like 60 games as a flyer or something. Yeah, are you Franco, serious? Rad of, yeah, he didn't play a whole lot. Because I remember being older and looking back and like, let me Wikipedia here. He played, no, of course, his stats aren't on Wikipedia. <laughs> go to, oh, go to HockeyDB.com's got everything. All of this shit is in Polish. What the hell <laughs> am I looking at? Or whatever the hell he's from. Yeah, I used Croatian, to like Russian, Russian, what is this? I'm going to go with Check. Oh, for God's sakes. 
Branko Radovojevic. Wikipedia hockey reference. There we go. He played uh, 88 games as a flyer. Wow. That's, yeah, that's about uh, two years almost. Through 2003 to 2004. Yeah, he was fun to watch. 2003 to 2006. Who would you compare him to today? Um, I'm hmm. putting you on the spot there. I don't know. Who is he today? I think there's a thing down here at the bottom of hockey reference that gives him comparable players today. Daryl Powell. Remember, they remember Daryl Powell. Zemgus Jurgensen. There you go. That's another good one. That is a good name. Um, good name, also a good name. Jody Hull, Mike Sillinger. They were both flyers. Wow. I, I don't know. Who would he be like? What was his scoring? I don't think he scored a lot of goals. Uh, he had 52 goals and 120 points in his 393 game NHL career. Yeah, he was a minus 35, so he must have been a flyer. <laughs> Anybody that played after the Lindros LeClaire era was a minus. It's probably, I don't know, who's on the fourth line today? That'd probably be who he replaced. He had uh, eight goals and six assists in the 05-06 season, and he had one goal and eight assists in the 03-04 season. So, not a whole lot happened in there with Branko Radovojevic. No, no. Uh, what other guys did you have? I don't know. I'll give you one more warm-up name, and then I'll start giving you my heavy hitters here. All right. So, I'll go with, uh, and I think somebody suggested this one off Twitter. Um, actually, you know what? I'll throw a curveball. How about Cal Clutterbuck? Oh, there you go. That's a typical hockey name right there, right? Yeah. Hey, what kind of? I mean, if you never saw him play before, what kind of player would you imagine he is? Like just a gritty guy, a checker? Yeah, I imagine he's like 6'8 and like 230 and just punches anything that moves. No teeth. Yeah. Cal Clutterbuck. Cal yeah. Clutterbuck. What a name. What an ugly name, too. Jesus. <laughs> hey, Cal. Cal yeah. Clutterbuck. Come here, Clutterbuck. Good yeah. lord. Okay. <clears throat> Vincent Dampus. Oh my god, he was one of my favorite players when he played. Yes. It's mine too. Dampus. Yeah, man, that's a good name. He was good. Who did he play for Montreal and, and San Jose? I believe he was in Colorado too at some point. Uh, yeah. Vincent. How the hell do you spell Dampus? Dampus. Dampus. Well, must have spelled his first name wrong. Vacant Dampus. No. Vincent. Yeah. Jesus fucking Christ. Vin. Sint, Domp, come on, Google, help me out here. Dompus, there he is. Hockey reference. Yeah, he played with Montreal, San Jose, Toronto, and Edmonton. Did he not play in Colorado? What? I don't remember him playing for Edmonton. I don't remember playing for Edmonton either. Did he really not play for the Avalanche? Huh. I kind of remember him playing for them. I don't know why. I mean, maybe because you just said it. Now all of a sudden I have memories of Avalanche. <laughs> <Just, laughs> huh. Well, I'm flabbergasted. I thought for sure he was a... Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to throw out a heavy hitter now. So how about uh, Jeff Bukaboom? There you go. That's a good one. Yeah, I hated him. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> Like, the last name fits him. Like, I, he was just a punk. Like, just a mean guy. Yeah. Jeff Bukaboom. Bukaboom. All right, ready? <clears throat> Vesa Toscala. Oh, my God. Who did he back? He was in San Jose, too, right? San Jose, one of the strong net miners in San Jose during the early 2000s. Yeah, with Mika Kippersoff and uh, Evgeny Nabokov. And, yeah. Wow. 
And then he played That's in San Jose and then Toronto, I believe. I think he was in Calgary for a while, too. That's a Toscala. That's a Toscala. That's a Jersey. They're spitting out goalies for a while there. So I got a – are you ever Jersey? Yep, Sharks Jersey. That is a random-ass Jersey. Oh, believe me, I have a lot of them. <laughs> How about Darius Kasparitis? Oh, there you go. I saw that name and I was like, oh, should have put that on my list. It just sound, it sounds like he a was disease. a devil, right? Uh, Damn. probably it's he was like on every team that you ever hated. The Penguins, I, I believe he was, yeah. Penguins, Rangers, Devils, Islanders. Yeah, the Islanders. I want. I feel like he may have been on the Canadians at one point, or maybe I'm thinking of Kovalev. See, the problem with playing this game is that I have to learn how to spell them to search them. Oh yeah, that's good luck. Fucking impossible. It sounds. He sounds like a disease. Like, oh, I caught the <laughs> caught the catarrhitis this weekend. <laughs> Pittsburgh Islanders, Rangers, and Colorado. He did not play for the Devils. Is what is going on here? My memory is not as good as I thought it was. Uh, maybe ah, who else do we got? Oh, here we go. Oleg Tavardovsky. Oh, my God. He played for the Ducks? He was a Duck, and then he won the Cup with New Jersey and Carolina. Oleg Tavardovsky. Wow, that's a good one. Oleg. I always remember that last name. That was one of those ones as a kid. But I just His name always stucks in my head. That was the, one of the first names I thought of when we were going to play this game. Tavardovsky. Tavardovsky. I got kind of like Vinny Testaverde. Like, oh, there you know. go. Yeah, football. Uh, let me see. Who do we got here? Let's go uh, Miroslav Shatan. Yes, Mr. Satan. I've been trying to get a jersey of his for a long time, and I never can <laughs> Why? find Why? Why do you want his jersey? Because it says Satan on the back. <laughs> It says Shatan. Well, it's spelled Satan. It looked devilishly good. I always thought it was Satan as a kid. I was like, man, this kid is fucked up. He kind of looks like Satan. I think he had, didn't he have the unibrow going or whatever? I, yeah, he had a unibrow and a really ugly mustache, if I remember correctly. Miroslav Satan. Shatan, I believe is how. Good lord, that guy's fucking scary. <laughs> <laughs> he is. He does look like him, doesn't he? Yeah, that's what I remember him looking like. Uh-huh. Unibrow and just the ugliest fucking goatee you've ever seen. He went somewhere his after his eyes are like sunk into his skull and his smile is creepy. Jesus, God, I'm closing that page. Fuck him. Ah, uh, who else did I have? Oh, Nikolai Habibulin. Oh, that's a classic. That could be the number one. The Bulin Wall. Hell yeah. The good story there. To begin the intros of this show, I am from the EBKV Studios, which is just a room in my house that I converted into a studio. But I wanted a, a fancy-sounding intro. So I was like, man, what can I call this place? What can I you know, what can I say? Well, I looked at the four jerseys that I have hanging on the wall in front of me, which are Robert Esch, Marty Brodeur, Nikolai Habibulin, and Thomas Volkun, EBKV. Wow. There you go. Which was right for about three shows, and then I changed the setup. Now it's uh, Robert Esch, Marty Brodeur, Peter Forsberg, and Chris Chelios. He was my favorite player as a kid. My favorite flyer as a kid. My favorite player, again, Marty Brodeur. He's up there right next to Robert Ash. My two yeah, favorite I, players of all time. He was fun to watch. Oh, he was great. I just wrote wrote one of my uh, summer articles about Robert Ash, too. The history of Robert Ash. So that'll be up in July. Okay. <laughs> Who else do you got? Uh, I have one, but I, I want to look for somebody better. Oh, my God. Here it is. Darren Poopa. Pardon me? <laughs> Darren. Do you remember Darren Poopa? I don't. Oh my god, he played 
Do look him up. Let me look him up for you real quick. I'll refresh his memory for you. Darren Poopa. Play for, I remember him. This is when I first really started watching the Flyers. He played for the Tampa Bay Lightning. In the 80s in Buffalo and then Lightning. That was a little, I, little before my time. Well, not really. I would have been born during his stint in Tampa. but. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay, I was born in '87, so I really, I really started getting into the Flyers around, you know, '96, '97. This is when they still made the playoffs every year. Yeah, when they were fun to watch. Yeah, and they yeah. just—I can't remember if they beat them or not, but I just every time I would hear his name, I, I just I giggled. Darren you know, Poop. Even now, I laugh, but huh. especially when you're little. And <laughs> poop is funny. Poop is funny. Oh, yeah. I and, still laugh at uh, poo holes in baseball all the time. Poo holes. Albert Poo holes. Which I never put that together until I saw it on Twitter one time, and somebody actually called him Poo Holes, and I was like, "Oh Jesus Christ!" I never thought of the the connection. And I was like, oh, "I never thought about that either." That's pretty nope. good. And then it ruined the name for me for years and years now. <laughs> Here's another one: former Flyer Antero Nittimacki. Oh yeah, I saw his jersey the other day. I couldn't believe it. I actually like Nittimacki. I did too. He was pretty good. I was a big fan of his. Yeah, that's a, that's homegrown. Good... I believe they drafted him at some point, and then he played quite a few games before being shipped to San Jose. Actually, I think he signed as a free agent of San Jose, and then he had a whole bunch of hip issues and retired. Same. He was he was a good goalie. He was. I feel like he never really got a fair shot at starting over here, did he? I believe he was stuck in the. I I just he was part of Robert Esch. I believe he backed up Esch, and then he got hurt. Hmm. He won the Calder Cup with the Phantoms. Four seasons for the Flyers before signing as a free agent in Tampa Bay and then San Jose. And he played in Tampa Bay? What? Did he want a cop down there? Uh, that would have been 2009-10, so that would have been a down year for Tampa. And the Sharks, and then he played uh, 16 games in the AHL before going to Sweden for 14 games before he retired. Why did he not play? He played... 46 games in 0506, 52 in 0607, 28 in 0708, and then 32 in 0809. So he was never much of a starter, but I believe he was uh, a reliable backup. I don't know who would have been the goaltenders in those years. I know Esch was still around for a while. Hmm. I'm not up on my mid-2000s Flyers history like I should be. Hey, this is a little bit off topic, but did it seem like Phil Verone played way too much last night? Yes. He, he's been a guy that, like, he has really, really good games, and other games he looks so bad that it's not even funny. And I think last night was one of those games where he just looked really bad. Like, starting, like, with, I was annoyed at him right away because of that stupid face-off BS. But, like, yes. this was... Like, you're playing the Tampa Bay Lightning. Like, you're going to start Carter Hart, and then you're going to play Phil Verone for half the first period? Like He played. He only played five and a half minutes. Compared the to entire his... night? Yeah. Why did it seem like he was out there for... He played eight minutes game? against Detroit on both nights. He only played five and a half. I feel, uh, you're right. <laughs> I remember seeing a lot about him on Twitter last night. I didn't watch the game, but I remember everybody freaking out about him. And I was like, huh, must have been one of those nights. <laughs> It seemed like he was out there for everything. Who the hell played goaltender for the Flyers during this season? Fuck. It was, uh, oh, Jesus, Lord. Nitty Mackie, Esch, Baron, Leighton, Boucher. Yeah, no wonder why Nitty Mackie played. None of those guys stayed healthy. Marty Baron. 
Marty Baron. That's a good name right there. That's a good there you one. There go. I like Marty Baron. I was not his biggest fan, mainly because he replaced quite a few guys that I liked. But oh, got anybody else? Oh, I got him. Here you go, Jordan Tutu. There you go, Devil right. and Predator, I believe. Yeah, Predator, Devil. I feel like he, he went one more. Place. He was somewhere else too. Yeah. Oh, time to do some more research, Jordan. To him, I'll just read them off real quick. We got Jonathan Chichu. Derek, One hit wonder, Jonathan Chichu. Yeah, yeah. Derek Bugard. Uh, and I saw somebody on Twitter post pear juice. Peg pear juice. Pear juice? Yeah, P E R D J O O S. Is that the uh, Capitals defenseman? I think they have somebody named Juice on their team. Yeah, uh, I think it may have been his, his dad or something. Hmm. Juice is loose, is the first thing that comes up. Juice is loose? Yeah, DJ OOS is loose. Let's see what that has to say. TJ OC trades fan for RMBT the Juice is Loose t shirt. Hmm. Okay. Jordan Tutu, what was I doing? He was a Predator, Red Wing, Devil, and he played 50 games with the Blackhawks. There you go. Last one I had, and I just bought two of his jerseys actually Sandis Ozilish. Oh my god, classic name right my there. My favorite name ever. Sandus Ozilish. Just bought his Sharks jersey, and I have his old-school Mighty Ducks jersey on the way as well. That's a good buy. By oh, you. yeah. I saw that Sharks jersey. That Shark. It's really nice. beautiful. It's not in the best I... condition, but god damn, it's beautiful. I may just hang that one on the wall and wear the uh, Ducks one. When I was younger, the Sharks were my uh, second favorite team. Now I don't. Now it's just the Flyers, but I thought the Sharks jerseys were the coolest jerseys. At the time, that, that this it, it, it just screams 90s. It's like teal blue, and it has the big fucking black and white bars at the bottom that take up half the jersey. Oh, a nice great. logo on there. It's a good-looking jersey. Great. With the fins on the sides. Um, I didn't have any other names written down. I had a whole list of them on my other laptop, and, of course, I didn't forward them to myself on this one. <sighs> next one. We could do this every night. I love this. Yeah, fuck. If I had some <laughs> segment we can just talk for way too long on at the end of every show. <laughs> <laughs> Are we only? Oh, we're a little over an hour. It's not too bad. Uh, well, you got any plugs you want to get on before we wrap it up for the night? Uh, yeah, I got a, I got a really juicy one. Give me a second here to bring this oh, up. Right. So, Sunday, uh, H H W Radio. We usually do Thursdays. We're we're gonna take off this week and we're gonna save our our show for Sunday. It's gonna be our trade deadline special, uh, featuring Chris Chris Wassell of MyNHLTradeRumors.com. So. Um, Chris actually uh, informed me that the Flyers were going to make that trade. He said it was a matter of when, not if, speaking about the Cam Cam Talbot-Stellars trade. Um, so I guess you could say I had a little bit insider info there. Um, but, it, guys, if you're not following my NHL trade rumors by now, check them out because a lot of the stuff they put out is is extremely accurate, if not close to it. It's, it's no BS. It's real stuff. Uh, good writers over there. Uh, like I mentioned, Chris is going to be on our show. He's going to join Jack and I on HW Radio this Sunday. Oh, right. Do you have a uh, Twitter handle for that? Yeah, so uh, I'll shoot you Chris's real quick. Uh, give me one second. I'll bring it up. Okay. And of course, I click on the wrong guy. So Chris is at Chris Wassel DFS, and 
the our podcast site is hw underscore radio underscore all right well let's see if i can get through these without screwing them up because i have not been very good at this lately you can find me on twitter at dan the flyer of fan you can find the site at brotherly puck brotherlypuck.com you can find this show as well as all the other shows i will list them off in a minute at brotherly underscore pod if you want to count down carter hart's win streak with me you can do that at heart countdown i believe he's at 679 games till he passes bradora for first place you can find the other shows uh, at onb puck on twitter if you want to listen to that we had um ryan boyd and puck therapy on the show this week on monday so go listen to that episode we broke down all kinds of this stuff that we just talked about tonight again but we did, did, did it in a much more uh positive way but that's not our style here at the anger negative show no. um as for the oh B, they have a live event this week uh this sunday actually the day uh before the trade deadline at steam pub in southampton pa that's 606 second street pike in southampton pa if you are interested that is at 2 p.m uh i do not think I will be there. I'm trying to rework my uh, classes here so I can get down there. But the Daily Puck Girls will be there. Members of PSN will be there. I've seen quite a few people on Twitter confirm they will be there as well. So if you want to go out and see uh, Flyers Twitter live in action, we will be doing a show from there as well. So that'll be a good time. You can do that. That is 606 Second Street Pike in Southampton, PA at Steam Pub. You can check ONB Puck on Twitter for more. Uh, you can DM them as well if you want Isaiah to give you some information on the show. Uh, let's see here. Jersey giveaway. The Carter Hart jersey giveaway by Brother Lee Puck uh, is up on Saturday, the day of the uh, outdoor game, the stadium series game. We will pick a name that morning. So if you have not done so yet, follow Brother Lee Puck and Hart Countdown on Twitter for your chance to win. Um... I think that's it. Did I get through it all? I mean, I fucked it up royally, but did I get through it all? <laughs> <laughs> it sounded good to me, man. sounded good. All right. Um, yes, that is it. it we, I will be back on uh, Friday night with your partner in crime, Mr. Jack Smith, will join me. Friday night for Brotherly Pod. We will be our pre-trade deadline episode. We will talk all things Flyers. I'm sure I will rant and rave about Anthony Stolarz again, so get ready for that. Um, that happens then. Sunday would be the live show with ONB. On Monday, Jim and I will be back with special guest Mike Asito. You may know him as M Death and Taxes on Twitter. We will be talking all the Flyers moves and all moves around the NHL for the trade deadline. Monday night, that'll be fun. We'll be back. Um, hopefully that show goes off without a hitch, just like this one does every single week here. That'll... And then uh, Jim and I will return at some point in the future. After that, uh, I believe there's an OMB puck next week on the 27th as well. So, whole lot of shows coming your way. I pretty much never stop doing this. So, it'll be a whole lot of fun. Until then, we will talk to you Monday night. Till then, for Anger Jim, I've been Negative Dan. See you later.